to the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast with Roz Gervais and Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy. We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paint, Rest, Repeat. Today, Laura and I are going to be chatting with you about goal setting and intention setting in your art business so you can go from that hobby space into professional artist mode or step things up if you're already selling your work but you're just wanting a bit of a refresh, bit of a reboot, bit of a clarity session around what you're building. So yeah, as always, we are very excited to be bringing this episode to you. How are you, Laura? Lovely. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Busy. Busy all the things, you know. Yeah, all the things. So I love talking about goal setting and intention setting and creating a vision for your life. So this is a good episode. Yep. And we've done our homework, everybody. And done lots of planning. So we have usually before we record our sessions, our episodes, sorry, we do have a bit of a chat with one another to sort of make sure we're on the same page, flesh out a plan. So we can tell you in advance that what we're going to be sharing with you today is going to be, you know, practical and it's going to really help you to get some goals in place. But I wanted to share first up, I probably have mentioned it to you before, Laura, but I am traditionally or historically really bad with goal setting. I've been really afraid of setting goals because of that fear of failure and the emotions that come with that, you know, like feeling hopeless, feeling, you know, like I can't can't get anything done. And I'm wondering if maybe you've experienced that before or maybe some of our listeners have. Oh, you know what? I don't think that you would be the only one experiencing those feelings. And potentially it could come from like our schooling or like conditioning in terms of, yeah, achieving things or or your perceived level of success and sense of achievement. And I mean, that can change too as well in adulthood. Like I used to compare myself to my peers and I had some very intelligent friends when I was younger in primary school and in high school too. And I compared myself to them. And I was sort of like a B grade student. And I'd always, it's sort of like averagey, like I was never really the A plus student. And then, so that impacted my feelings of whether I felt smart enough and all of that. So, but then I actively worked on that and I know that I'm very intelligent and I can figure things out. And I think having your own business, it really is a personal development tool really because you dig into all of those stories and all of those things from the past that has created this like perceived vision of like who you are and that's all changeable like it's all yeah it's all possible so it's such a huge thing isn't it because you can't avoid your you can't avoid number one your flaws but two you can't avoid but face who you actually are and what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and whether something can be improved and all of that. Like it's, it's just, it's just giant. I love that you mentioned um, the comparison sort of piece in terms of goal setting. And I feel like, yeah, that's definitely a really big factor. And maybe also perfectionism, like setting these goals that aren't achievable because 
you know, you're shooting for, for the stars and that's what you want to achieve, but maybe that's something you can achieve in five years' time or 10 years' time rather than in the next week. Anyway, we should probably backtrack and just talk about why it's important to do some goal setting and also maybe how this fits into the plan because we've been recording a few episodes and releasing a few episodes over the last couple of weeks, taking you from da 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 Do you want to do it? You, you go and tell everyone, Laura, your job. Oh, so in, this episode is building on the conversation from episode 40 and it's five ingredients to turn your hobby into an art business. So it's all about like stepping things up and creating like a serious art business and you really want to forge an art career. And we have covered five different steps and we're covering number four today. So if you want to rewind back, if you've just jumped onto this episode, you can rewind back to episode 40 and then the other three steps as well. But yeah, today the topic of conversation is goal and intention setting. And we're just talking to emerging artists that are just starting out and that are wanting to like get a bit more specific on what they want to achieve. So yeah, why is goal setting and intention setting important for a person that is in an art business and wants to create a creative career, Rose? So (laughs) remembering that I come from a background of this fear of goal setting, I've learned through experience that essentially if you're going to take something seriously and if you're going to move towards success, whatever success means to you, setting those intentions and those goals help you to take those steps towards success. It also helps you to understand what success is to you because you need to you need those things. You need to understand what you're heading to and then you need the steps to get you there. And it's it sounds basic in ways, but it's quite a big leap for someone who's allergic to the concept of goals, but it makes a huge difference. And knowing also how to set goals that are, you know, that whole smart goal thing, but really actually achievable goals is that oh, that's a realistic and achievable, really, really key parts of that so that you can develop a better relationship as well with goal setting so that you can get closer to the success that you want. That's my take on it. Yeah, I like the realistic and achievable. And I like to go through like with my coaching clients around like what's your personal capacity? What does your life look like as well? And coming from a chronic health struggle background, I know that sometimes you think that you can achieve a lot more than you actually can in practical sense. So sort of like playing that long game and having like smaller actionable steps along the way. So not just drinking more coffee. Is this what you're saying? (laughs) I'm going to have a grand latte. (laughs) Hello, beautiful creatives. It is Roz here. I wanted to let you know about my free community over on Facebook. It's called Permission to Paint Free Community. And it is a group over on Facebook where we do lots of beautiful things. So it is where you can access weekly art prompts to get your creativity flowing. And we also have a monthly prize draw for the top 10 group contributors. So you can win a free month inside Art for the Heart, my online membership for creative women. I also run a number of art challenges inside this group and it is basically the place you want to be to support your art career without paying a cent. So come on and get amongst it. I look forward to seeing you in there.
everyone's life picture looks different as well. And people are supported in different ways. Some people are single moms. Some people have a partner that can help, you know, support the family whilst you do your art. Some people don't have that in place. So just looking at that overall big picture vision of your life and then slotting your art business into that and what will bring you happiness and fulfillment and what is that picture of success that is for your current lifestyle. And yeah, just like, I think it's your vision for your creative business and your life. Like, I think it has to fit in. I love that you always merge the two because I tend to forget (laughs) the other parts of my life. So I really, really love that about your strategy. And I also like that you mentioned how different people have different capacities and different scenarios, because I think it's really easy for us to get caught and think, oh, well, but that person, like that person has a nanny for her kids. That person's grandparents like all parents live around the corner and help like every second day. How come they can do all of that and I can't? So I think there is just something to be addressed in that, in coming to terms with your situation and learning to be okay with that and trying to shake off any of those sort of resentful feelings because I think that is a thing. Not a lot of people talk about it, Laura, but I reckon, I I think that's a thing. Yeah, I think it would stop people in their tracks as well. Just that comparisonitis, looking at other people and their privilege and all of that. Like, I think if you've got a little spark inside of you and you want to fulfill it, like it is totally possible. Like you just need to sort of think about like the resources that you might need to help support that. And also just some things that you can put in place. So then you've got time to sort of work on, develop, educate yourself and build towards that vision and that thing that you want to achieve. And it just might take a little bit of extra time along the way. But yeah, this is all about this goal setting is all about making the most of your life and doing the things that you really feel called to do. And if it is this building this creative business and life, this creative career, there's ways. And I think we're just going to pose some questions and sort of give you some guidance of and things that you might want to consider. So I guess a um a notepad might be handy too. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to be structuring this as well according to the different art business models. So whether you're going for fine art or retail or self-representation or that hybrid or fusion model, whatever you want to call it as well. So we've got some pointers for each of you, no matter what you're trying to build. All right. So we've chatted about why it's important to look at goal setting. We've talked about as well earlier on who this episode is for. And we're going to be giving you those tips based on the four different directions that you might take in your business, but also giving you a couple of pointers for what you need before you even start to set some art goals. So what I've got on my little uh, mind map in front of me is that you need to have an idea of your big vision, which you've already sort of mentioned, Laura. And to look at your one-year plan is what you usually recommend. Is that right, right, Laura? Yeah. So sort of thinking about what you want to achieve. And I guess this is part of the self-discovery. And in the previous episode, we did talk about vision boards and things like that as well. And then going through the steps. So where is your life going to be in one year's time? Where's your life in three years time? And where's your life in 10, uh, like five years time and 10 years time? And a hundred years time. I've got the answer. (laughs) I know. Yeah. 
I don't know where I picked up this quote from, but must have been an artist that said this, but it is an artist never retires. And I feel like that is so true because I feel like I will be painting into my my 90s if I live that long. Yeah, it's it's who you are. Like that's it's inseparable, you know? Like I think that it is a slightly different. It's not a normal profession. <laughs> no, no, it's not. We don't retire at the regular age. I feel like it just carries through all of your life. Yeah, I completely agree. So basically what we need you to take away from this moment is that we're not normal and neither are you. <laughs> and we need to celebrate that. Our uniqueness is what oh, what keeps us whole. So that's it. That's the plan, everybody. All right. So we talked about the big vision. And then the other one as well that's really important is to know basically the type of artist that you're going to be. And that aligns with the art business model that you're going to be building. So we've talked about this in our last episode around strategy and just looking at, are you going to be building that fine art business model, the retail model, the self-rep model or the hybrid or the fusion model? What are you building? But also knowing and always keeping in mind that these things are flexible. So if you try out the fine art space and it doesn't work out for you, you can adjust it, okay? So it is flexible, but it is important to have a specific direction. Otherwise, you're just sort of flailing. And sort of, that's the wrong word, isn't it? You're just floating. Yeah. And there'll be different periods of your life that you can invest a lot of time in building. And then there's other times in your life that you might not be able to. Specifically, like, yeah, if you have a family and kids, I think that, you know, there'll be transitions in life that you need to like shift and change your career to. But it is always good to like have that focus and have that reflection that do that personal development of like where you see yourself what space do you see your art fitting into and if you haven't done that that might be your next goal <laughs> it might be to start at that beginning point and really have a review about where you're currently at and where you want to where you want to get to yeah, and, and you can even research other artists that you see on Instagram, for example, and you're like, oh, that, that person's doing great work, that person's doing great work, and look into what they're doing. So what sort of products are they offering? Is their artwork just on their own website? Are they in retail galleries? Are they teaching as well? And then sort of get an idea of whether that would fit with you, like how would that fit your nature and also your lifestyle and resources at that time. Yeah, so lots lots to consider in there. So can I wind back to, we will touch on specific goals that we've sort of thought of in terms of whether you want to be a fine artist or working with retailers, self-representing or that hybrid model. But if we can go back, you were talking about doing a review and figuring out where you're at and covering over those business basics because obviously we're talking to emerging artists that want to have a professional career. And we might have some people that might not have covered just the specifics of like setting up your business basics. Yes. So there's three very basic things that you definitely need to do. So if you're setting up your art business for the first time, or maybe you're sort of, you've been selling a couple of works, you're like, oh, actually, have I got all my ducks ducks in a row? Have I got everything sorted? Up, sorted? You do need to make sure that you have an ABN. So this is for our Australian listeners. If you're not based in Australia, your country, I'm sure, will have a business number 
database that you need from the government. So you need an ABN, Australian business number. And then you also need a bank account that is specific for your business. Now, usually it's okay just to be a normal transaction account with your current bank. Um, That's usually fine and usually really easy to set up. But just so that all your business transactions go through the same place. And I always talk about this as number one, making life easier for you at tax time and keeping really clear around what money you're actually making from your business and what money you're spending on your business. But also, I think like in terms of a spiritual sense, it sends the message out into the world that you are serious about what you're doing. You're building an art business. You are committed to this. This is the plan and this is what you're working towards. So take that step. If you're ready and if you're serious about um, building your art business, that's a really it's, that's a must do. Oh, sorry. Do you want to jump in, Laura? I was just getting ranty. Go. <laughs> <laughs> just on the business bank account, it's really important. Just keep it away from your separate personal finances. And I've done a lot of work on my money mindset and I'm so much better at it now. And it's come from, you know, researching and learning and actively wanting to improve on something. And if you are just setting up your business bank account, my suggestion would also to be uh, to set up a tax account as well. You might not be earning enough in your art business when it first starts to pay tax. So that will be an extra bonus for you at tax time. You could take your family on a holiday or something like that with the few thousand dollars that you've got set aside in that tax. But setting that up from the start, it's important because you don't want to get stung And, you know, just having that separate tax account is really important. I've got other accounts and you can get quite complex with it. I've worked with the profit first method. So I've got like a, my business transaction account. I've got my tax account. I've got my profit account. So which is my fun little pay myself profit amount. And then I've also got my personal drawings, which the money from my business, I've got a percentage that I take over to pay for electricity and mortgage and food and all that sort of stuff. But I won't get too complex, even if you just want to set up your business transaction account and your tax account, like that would be the absolute bare minimum. That's a really good idea. And I really, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that is a good point to start out like that with that tax account. So the tax account is, that's just like a separate bank account again. So With your normal bank, you'd set up a bank account for your business operating sort of costs and then another account, which is just for your tax. And then what would you recommend? So I'd say to start once a month, you siphon off, is it what we, I can't even remember what I do. Is it 10%? What do you do? 15. I do 15. 15. Yeah, that's right. I do 15 too. Must remember. So then once a month to just take 15% of your income and then transfer that over. But can I talk and be really open about how super messy it was when I first started doing this? Because I had to borrow money from my own finances, if that makes sense, to pay for a lot of my art supplies and things like that. Whilst I wasn't making enough money to cover it from my art business. And so it felt really messy. Do you remember that period of time? And was there anything that you did to sort of transition? I did a personal investment. So I had a chunk of money that I put in. Oh gosh, this is going back a little while ago. Yeah, but this is important. I wish somebody took me through this. Yeah. So I did like a lump sum personal investment into the business transaction account. And then I actually got a low interest 
business loan through NAB, I think. Uh, I don't know if they're still available. It was a while ago. It was back in 2010. So I had I had that $10,000 to start my business. And then obviously I started teaching and then the money was coming in and it could sustain itself. So to get through that period, you had a loan from like a uh, like a proper loan and then you also gave yourself a lump sum. So, and then for me, I didn't have any loan. I didn't have a lump sum or anything. So essentially I was just constantly siphoning money from my family, my own business account into, sorry, my own finances into, yeah, personal into my um, business. And so what I would recommend instead of doing that is basically giving your business, if you want to do it like little bits like that, rather than having a big lump sum siphoning, you know, like a hundred dollars a week or whatever it is from your personal into your business to keep the business running. But then it's sort of trackable and it's easy to see and it doesn't get too messy come um, tax time. And just label it as a personal investment just so you're tracking it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we sort of went deep on that, but anyway. I know we did. (laughs) We did. (laughs) That's all right. I think it's all important stuff, especially if you've never run a business before. Yeah. And if if this is helpful to you as a listener, do let us know, send us a DM because we could have a separate episode entirely on business finances. We could get in another, an expert as well on the topic and deep dive into how to get you set up properly. And then some systems maybe even to manage cash flow ongoing. All right. So we had register your ABN or equivalent for international listeners. Set up your business bank account with a transaction account plus a tax account. And then we've also got registering a business name. Yeah. So this is if you don't want to just go by your own legal name. So you could have your business just as, I don't know, Sally Smith and that's it. (laughs) Then you don't have to register your business name. But if you would like to have Sally Smith Art, Sally Smith Artist, Sally Smith Studio, then you do need to register your business name. That does cost money. And I believe you do it through an ASIC, A-S-I-C website to go and do that. You can pay for one year or three years and it it is an ongoing cost. But also just want to backtrack, the ABN does not cost anything. There are a number of fake platforms and websites that will charge you to give you an ABN. Um, And ABN is completely free. So don't get duped. But the business name you do need to pay for. Sorry, <laughs> my voice just went weird. Yeah, just double check that you're on the official websites. And then thinking about your company structure or if you're just going to operate as a sole trader or in a partnership and things like that. Yeah, definitely. All those basic sort of things. So once you've got the basics, what do you do? Then I would say after the basics, you start to think about your art business model, the t- the path that you've chosen, and then you get a little bit more specific around some goals that you would like to you know, integrate into your plan. Yeah. So maybe I've got some questions to pose. So what do you already have in place? Your product offerings, what do you sell? your website, your social media and marketing, and then also admin systems and finance systems, like just having like a little review on all of those different aspects. And the things you currently have in place. So without negative judgment, what have you got set up? Just the facts, then you know what you're working with. Yeah. 
So this might seem a bit overwhelming for some people. What episode to save? Can you hit save on, on podcast episodes? I think you can. Save, save. So if you don't have any of those things in place, it's okay. It's okay. We all started from scratch and we all started figuring out our product offerings, figuring things out with websites. A lot of trial and error. I can tell you that. Because there's a lot of choices involved too. Like what platform do you use? Do you get a free website or do you like pay for website hosting and and your website provider. Then there's the shiny object syndrome and the grass is greener syndrome. Oh, that website platform looks better than my one. I'm going to just hop over there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there's so many different choices and things to, to set up. Would you have any suggestions for someone that might be feeling like a bit overwhelmed with all of the aspects that they have to set up at the start? Uh, just just baby steps. So I think the clarity, the clarity around your end goal is absolutely key. Being honest with wherever you are at right now and then making the small steps in the right direction. Really, that's it. Like overwhelm, it happens to us all. It's an emotional sort of state, but it's not helpful. Yeah. I'd also say prioritization and asking for help. So if you feel like out of your depth, like maybe just ask someone that's done it before and then you could get specific guidance. Ros and I both do coaching for artists. So yeah, that's another option as well. But yeah, if you just sort of do a mind map like Ros does, get everything down on paper, all the different things that you have to set up to have a legitimate business and then just check things off bit by bit as you go. And yeah, it's all about holding that vision, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And just, just taking it gently. So the right steps in the right direction. That's all. That's like, that's a sign of success right there that you're taking steps in the right direction. And to be honest, like a lot of us, we've all just figured it out as we go, you know, and things have shifted and changed. And I've had a few iterations of a business plan, but I think it's all changed. Like I haven't written a business plan for a few years. You just sort of try things out. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, you sort of change paths. My favorite business plan model is by one of my mentors, Tash Corbin. She has a business plan on a page. I'm like, oh, love that. Need that. And it's on my wall and that's it. Like (laughs) I need to see it. I don't want a five-page document somewhere deep in my, you know, document folder on my laptop. No, thank you. No, it needs to be actually what's the word actionable like it needs to be it needs to be visible and real and achievable too all right shall we dive into the different ones so if we do fine art okay so if we have a listener who is looking at getting their art into the fine art space and they want to build a business model that is all around the fine art space what are some examples of some goals that they might have so they might look at different networking events or events at galleries that they want to exhibit it in, talking to industry professionals and also other artists that have had shows in that space. You'd want to have your website set up as well and there would be lots of different action steps in regards to having your website, a professional artist bio. I'd also uh, build your exhibiting portfolio as well. So booking in some some shows and having your artist CV 
prepared and created. I'd be applying for grants. What else? Like working on your technique. Let's not forget about the art. (laughs) (laughs) Working on your technique, getting feedback from other artists or mentors that you respect who can be kind to you as well, because we all, all have to protect our creative hearts but you still do want that honest feedback too. Mm -hmm. And maybe a portfolio review as well. Yeah, so really finding those industry professionals and people in that space to give you like very honest, critical feedback. Also practicing when, when you talk about portfolio, also practicing creating bodies of work that with a theme or a um, message or something a little bit deeper to pull the works together, I think is that's a, I feel like that's a big difference between the retail space and the fine art space is that thematic approach. Yeah. Your artist statement, like having very clear artist statement and also professional photography. You need to, if you want to be in these galleries, you need to have like on point photography and high quality images of your work. Yeah. So either finding a local photographer who can do that for you or learning how to do that yourself or finding a scanning company near you that can scan your work for the high quality captures as well. All right. So that's our fine art space. I feel like we will have more of our listeners in the retail space. Yeah. Retailers or self-representation, but we'll go through the next one. So this is Jumbled, Fenton and Fenton, Greenhouse. Can you think of any others, Rose, off the top of your head? No, my brain's not. <laughs> Sorry, brain's <laughs> yeah, not firing. So you're in... <laughs> It's in a retail space. So creating art that is on trend, uh, fashionable, and yeah, it is, you know, you want to be looking at interior magazines and looking at current colour trends. You want to have your website set up and there's a million steps in terms of your website, choosing your domain, choosing the provider, your products. Uh, refining your product range as well as the wording, how you describe your art, setting up your Instagram profile. You also might need to look at the open calls because it's not year-round for these retailers sometimes. So if it is like a larger retail store, they will have certain times of the year. So finding the date that they have an open call Also, the retail space is other, smaller, like more local retailers. So you might want to research your like other ones that are closer to home. But you also need to find out if there is any conflict of interest. Because I know some retailers that are sort of close together, they don't want you showing in in both spaces. So there might be an exclusivity contract. Yeah. Often it's also unwritten. So just if you are with a particular particular retail gallery, just speak with them and just say, I'm looking at other galleries. Are there any that you would prefer me not working with or are there any that you would recommend? And I just want to add in here because we're listing quite a number of goals underneath each of these categories. You don't need to do all of these things. These are ideas for starting points. So if you do want to dive in a little bit more into a helpful way, a helpful helpful approach to setting goals in a way that is realistic and achievable and not overwhelming, go and listen to episode 18 where we take you through a specific strategy for that. So what we're sharing with you today are just some ideas in case you're short on ideas as to what to do. 
So just uh, we just want you to take a couple of them, not all of them at the one time. And I've also got a goal-setting guide on my website. So it's laurajaneday.com slash free and it's a goal-setting guide that was connected to that episode. So can you think of anything else for ideas if people are wanting to explore that that retail? Well, obviously you have to refine your art style as well. Let's not forget that. That's definitely a factor and you can do that as well in alignment with the following trends side of things if you feel connected with that approach. For me, I struggle with that idea of following trends because I want to make the art that comes from my heart and my soul. So this is where choosing your business model that suits you as an individual is really, really important. I was going to just say a little pointer on retail before we move on to self-rep, which is to if you have your eye on a particular retail gallery that you'd love to have your art in, they are often looking for artists and subject matter that they don't already have covered. So just something to keep in mind. So if they have an artwork that does those huge, large, semi-realistic, almost realistic florals that are super close up, they're not going to be looking for someone else that does the same thing. So just that's another little factor to consider. Yeah, that's a great, that's great advice. It doesn't mean not to make that. Sorry, I just have to interrupt you. Yeah, still make your art, but find a gallery that doesn't have that artist in their staples already. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I like that little tip. And then so talking about the art that calls to your heart and creating what you love to create, you might choose to self-represent and that might look like just on your own website. It could be through Blue Thumb or Etsy or other avenues online, the online marketplaces for artists. Or it might be you researching design fairs, art fairs, markets that you would like to have your work on display at, and then thinking about different product offerings, uh, what sort of product your art you want to, if you want to create products, do you want to produce tote bags, tea towels, t-shirts, whatever. There's a whole range of different things that you could set goals around. And just knowing, as we mentioned before, a lot of it is trial and error. So you've got to think about your main art product, likely to be originals, and you think about who the person is that would buy your originals, okay? And then you link with that any other product ideas that you are interested in. So most people who collect your original art might be busy mums and so therefore a tea towel or a coffee cup or a um, little like makeup purse would make sense to add that to what you're creating and just making sure that you're going for the same human I that's my always my recommendation because otherwise it makes marketing way harder (laughs) so just try to think of the same person and think about what they would like art on Mm -hmm. brilliant I know. Thank you. (laughs) Just being silly. Okay. So we got self-rep and then next up is our hybrid model, which I also call the fusion model. So that is where you sort of integrate some other angles, income angles into the mix. So it could be a day job or it could be teaching art or it could be art licensing as well. So yeah, there's lots of goals that you could integrate into this one. Did you have any specifics in mind? Specifics can be, well, if you want to teach workshops, if you haven't taught them before, like researching a space, or do you want to run it in your own art studio? 
making decisions around that, gathering art supplies. How are you going to market that? Are you going to collaborate with a local organization, doing planning for the the workshop? Will you give them printed step-by-step examples or will it be like more intuitive and free-flowing? Will you need to create examples of artworks for the student to create? Oh, there's a whole heap of different things. There's so many things. And that's that's all in person, right? So the other option is, are you going to be doing it online? How are you going to be finding your people? What are you going to teach them? And all of that. There's, just, there's a lot inside of teaching. Um, there's a lot of options though. So if you are someone who enjoys sharing art and creativity with others and enjoys nurturing others, it's a really good integration into your art business model. Can we also mention that in this hybrid or fusion model, there's also includes having a part-time or a day job that can help your art practice. And sometimes some people want to be like, I'm all in and I've got this and you know that's what I want to do. But sometimes you need that transition time. Sometimes like it's okay just to have a job that helps to put money back into your creative practice. It can feel so hard though, because I've been there. Like it can feel really hard. It's not a failure. It's not a failure. It actually can work quite well together as long as it's a job that you really enjoy. Like if if it's a part-time job that you don't enjoy, then I'd suggest going out and finding something else. Yeah. You've got to enjoy it. And so one of your goals, for example, might be, to sit down and assess your current day job. Is it okay? Like, can you can you stay there? Can you handle that position? Sorry, staying in that position while you're growing your art business on the side? Or do you need to make some shifts and changes? So I used to work in teaching, for example, and I wanted to shift into teaching art to the kids at the primary school where I was. And so I tried to do that, but they weren't interested in that. They felt the school wouldn't need that. So that couldn't happen, for example. But you could look at things like that. How can you tweak your job a little bit to feel a little bit um, more aligned and more enjoyable for you? So I have a little suggestion in terms of building a short-term game plan for, for this. So you might have got some inspiration or ideas or motivation to set some goals and it might be worth sitting down and reflecting on what you want to achieve in the next 30 to 90 days and what's going to be your focus because you can't do it all. Even if you reverse engineer it, so imagine you in the 30 to or 90 days and how will you know that they have been a really good 30 to 90 days? How would you know that? And then sort of listing like what do you want to achieve or what do you want the focus to be in month one? month two and month three, you know, you might want to, you've already got, say you've already got your originals, but you'd like to explore other product lines. So month one is researching. So looking at what other people are producing, looking at places that you can get your work printed locally, and then also online, like doing like a cost analysis on that and just gathering all of that information. Month two might be you've decided to do a gift card range. So you're, you're going off, you're, set, you're getting professional photography of your, your original artworks, 
you're getting the files print ready, you're talking to the printer, you're sending that off for print. And then month three is you receive them, you package them up. Yeah, I guess you just have them have them ready in your studio or you go off to a market or you go and talk to local florists or retailers or different things that they can stock your little range of cards. Yeah, and the surefire way of um, causing yourself epic stress is by expecting yourself to do all of that within two weeks or one month. This is why you've got to have your eye on the bigger goal and then break it down, then chunk it down. And again, that other the other approach to your goal setting is to go and listen to episode 18, which takes you through a different strategy. So choose the strategy that works for you. You know, we are all unique individuals. We all have our, you know, the way our brain operates. So just choose an option um, for how to set up your goals and give it a try and see how it fits. And Roz, you had a guide, how to make an income for artists. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So you can go and grab that. If that this guide that I've created is based on Jeff Goins' book, which is called What's His Book Called? Real Artists Don't Starve. Is that the one? Yeah. I have personally have read two thirds of many, many books. This <laughs> <So laughs> is one of them. And so this particular guide sort of takes you through his four different types of artists or four different art business models, and it's my take on that. So if you want to go and learn a bit more about that, you can head to my website, www.permissiontopaint.co stroke resources, and you can find it over there. Total free download for you to help you to um, gain a good idea of the options available to you. So I feel like we've shared a lot of info today, given you a lot of ideas and some good pointers on how to set yourself up for success, whatever success means to you. The biggest aha thing or biggest point that we really want you to take away from today is that setting goals is absolutely essential to your success in your art business. Do know that you can adapt your goals as you need to, but you just need to have a really clear starting point. So that's our biggest aha for you today. Great. Yay. (laughs) Good episode. Oh, can I read a couple of reviews? Yes. Okay, are you ready? I'm just going to click on it. So this one is from a lovely human who says, Claire loves art. I think that's her, um, her what would it be? If the, her Apple podcast account name or something like that? Claire loves art. And she says, delightful and empowering, five stars. She says, was left feeling so inspired after listening to this. Thank you for your, so generously sharing your intel ideas and insights in such an engaging way. I found it very empowering and motivating. Oh, I love that. (laughs) You love it when I read them as surprises, don't you? I know. I like surprises. Roz asked me, do you want me to pre-read it to you before we record? I'm like, no, I like hearing it in the moment. (laughs) So this one, just for some giggles, This one is from a friend of mine who never listens to art podcasts, but he's such a lovely friend that he's left this review. Five stars from Snapster Dude. (laughs) And he says, good stuff. He says, never knew I was really into art until this series opened my eyes. I'm going to read our last one and then we'll wrap up. So our last one is from Kat Rack and she's over on Instagram. You can give her a follow. She is www.instagram.com stroke rack creative. So rack is R-A-K and then creative is creative as you would expect. And her review goes like this, super helpful podcast, five stars. 
I am loving listening to your podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to record them. They are full of insightful topics and information. And best of all, Ros and Laura are in Australia. It's lovely to hear homegrown truths from down-to-earth people who I feel live in the same backyard. Being in the art industry in this crazily connected world, it's refreshing to find people that feel like they've got my back, people I can relate to. Amazing. I love hearing these words. (laughs) I'm going to take that for the rest of my day. That's so nice. Oh, so that's from Cass. So make sure you do go and give her a follow to our beautiful listeners. Well, on the topic of reviews, if you do enjoy our podcast, it would mean the world to us if you would take a screenshot, share it over in your stories um, and encourage other creatives in your world to come, o- come on over and have a listen. And if you would like to leave us some, a review over on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, that would really help us out. But we also love giving you a shout out too as a thank you. So pretty please, if you do leave us a written review somewhere, include your Instagram handle if you have an Instagram handle for your art so that we can give you a shout out and encourage a few people to come on over. We're getting some pretty good listenership these days. It's one of those exponential exponential growth things. So it's great exposure for you if you would like to share your handle with us. Amazing. No, that was great. It was really good to connect with you, Roz, today. Ah, Love you, Laura. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed the episode, everyone, and we'll see you in the next one. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.